strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up I'd be a fool. You are my a blessing, wasn't it? The exaltation of our Lord this morning has been the theme of our worship, and I trust that you have been refreshed by that. I know my soul has been. I enjoy music that creates a calmness in my my soul. Maybe it's because uh, oftentimes there's turmoil that's trying to gain ownership of my soul, and uh, and uh, so this kind of music just is refreshing to me, and I hope it has been to you as well. Well, take your Bibles and turn to uh, Matthew chapter 5. 
We're going to continue on. And uh, uh, let's see if we got it. There it goes. Matthew chapter 5, 27 through 30. We're going to continue on in the message that we started last week. And that was dealing with adultery in the heart. Unfortunately, most of us do not realize uh, the struggles that uh, people are going through in, uh, in our society and uh, in this area of adultery uh, in the heart. And God gets to the heart of the issue, just like he did with murder. If I were to ask how many have killed somebody here, most of you would probably not raise your hand. At least I'd hope most of you would not raise your hand. <laughs> However, when you look at it from the side of, of God's perspective, you realize that he says that if we have anger in our heart, we've committed murder. And so in God's eyes, he sees our hearts. He knows what's going on in our hearts. And so as he deals with this, and let me read this passage again to you. Uh, verse 27, ye have heard that it was said unto you of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. Verse 27, verse 28 says, but I say unto you that whosoever uh, looks upon a woman, lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is more profitable for thee that one of your members, talking about your uh, parts of your bodies, should perish and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. As I bring out this morning uh, real solutions to our problem that we're facing today, I want God to do His work in our hearts. How does that sound? Father, I pray that you will work in our lives, and Lord, I'm just a, a vessel up here, but a vessel that should disseminate the, uh, good stuff, and the good stuff is your word, and truly your word is a lamp unto our feet and light unto our path, and there are real solutions found in your word. And as all of us struggle with some aspect of our flesh, some aspect of our thinking processes that do not bring you glory, it is my prayer that you will bring liberation and real solutions and help us to get it today. And I pray that, Lord, that uh, as we work on these things, as we are a work in progress, Lord, I am thankful for your grace and mercy over the years. Now this morning, it is my prayer that truly your Holy Spirit would do its work and open our understanding as uh, you gave to the disciples there in Luke chapter 24, verse 45, then opened he their minds to understand the Scriptures. It is my prayer that this will happen to us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I would encourage you to take notes. Uh, there's a section on your uh, page there. I would encourage you possibly to order this DVD or to listen to it online again. What I'm giving to you is not new material. It's stuff that we've been uh, covering time and time again. It's stuff, a lot of it has been covered on Wednesday nights. In fact, the strength of what I'm going to be talking about has been covered on Wednesday nights. You can listen to that online on the aspect of spiritual warfare and really the doctrine of sanctification. And I am very convinced that today that the problem with the church is a lack of preaching God's Word. And the strength of what we're going to hear today in God's Word is real solutions. Real solutions. And what I'm going to talk about this morning is, is as we've already talked about, the blessings of marriage. It's interesting as he covers this area first and then he goes into the area of divorce after this. But the blessing of marriage. And we've given our definition of marriage. It's not our definition, but it's God's definition. Aren't you glad for God's definition of marriage? Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And that idea, cleaving and gluing there, is so, so important. The bond that uh, comes in. But then problems come into our marriage, and oftentimes those problems can be brought in by the things of the flesh. And in particular, we dealt with this area of pornography last week. 
And as I deal with this area of pornography, and we talked about the chemicals that are secreted into the mind that, that uh, take away from the bonding agents. And, 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 and we have a real problem with adultery in the heart. That can be a paper concubine. That can be an Internet uh, prostitute, whatever it might be. Uh, they say prostitution is not legal, but yet 50-some billion dollars is spent on pornography uh, in America. And we went over those statistics last week. Tell me that it's not legal if they'll allow that type of stuff to go on. And 47% of families are affected by pornography. It's a big dilemma. And uh, we have uh, minimized marriage and we have minimized uh, the purity that is so important to keep ourselves pure until the day that we say, I do or I will. And those types of things are so, so very important. Uh, but now, as, as I talk about pornography, or last week we did, I want to say this morning, I want to deal with any addiction this morning. The solutions that we're going to give are solutions to problems that we face. And primarily, those problems is the battle in the mind, the battle in our soul. We've been dealing with this on Wednesday night, and folks, I'm telling you, it's real solutions. We're connecting the dots of the Scriptures and the importance of God's Word coming together to give us real solutions to these problems. And, uh, you know, as I was reading this week in Leviticus... And by the way, as I was reading Leviticus, I was saying, I am so glad that I'm a preacher of the New Testament, not a priest of the Old Testament. Amen and amen and amen. Even this morning, I was reading that the priests were responsible to going out and putting the fair market value on homes. Can you imagine that? And, and all the things that were involved there and clean and unclean and all the stuff. But in Leviticus 18, which is the area or the scriptures that deals and addresses homosexuality, may I suggest that you read the entire chapter, which deals with a multitude of sins. And so maybe you do not have struggles with homosexuality, or maybe you don't have struggles with affairs or adulteries or uh, 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 those types of things. There's a lot of issues there in Leviticus 18 that talk about other areas in our lives and all. And so as I deal with addictions and, and all, I believe that every one of us can value from, can, can improve our lives as we are work in progress and better ourselves. I know one of the areas that I'm working in in my own mind now, as I'm getting older, is the area of discouragement. All right? Depression. Those are things that I have to deal with now. Oh, yes, I used to have to deal with lust in great capacities. As the Bible says, uh, flee youthful lust. You know, uh, Paul gave that instruction to young Timothy. Flee youthful lust. It is a part. And we talked about what is of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And lust can be in materialism. It can be things, as I was reading even in my devotions this morning, that, oh, we don't have to necessarily deal with uh, idolatry of statues and things like that. But oftentimes people have made material things their idols today. And so we need to get it, as Jake says. Isn't that right, Jake? We, see, we need to get it. We need to identify what are the real problems that we're facing in our lives, and we need to get it this morning. So there are real, real problems there, and they're going on in our minds, and most people do not recognize what they're dealing with, and they continue to compound their problems because they don't address them. And I'm going to tell you something. I've met people that do not address problems when God deals with their hearts and shows them the things in their lives, and all of a sudden, those problems start to compound and, 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 and grow and develop, and sin will take you further than you ever anticipated. There are people in our church who are in prison today because they did not deal with their problems. There are people sitting right here right now that are in prison in their minds because they're not willing to address their problems. 
I'm going to tell you something. Let's put away our pride and let's start dealing with where we are and what's going on with our lives and not trying to make a show. Church is not about a show, neither to our neighbors or anything else. You know, they said that uh, neighbors are those people who will go out and spend money that they, they don't have to impress people that they don't even like. Let's be real. Let's be real this morning. And if God deals with our hearts, let's deal with it. There's nothing in my heart greater this morning than that Westside Baptist Church will come to those places where we'll face those situations in our lives and we'll deal with it. And whatever uh, hope and help what we need, we'll find it. And by the way, I believe that God's Word has all the solutions. All the solutions. Real solutions. Real solutions. And so, as we begin this, these you've heard before. Recognize. Recognize what's going on. Whether it's any addiction. uh, Whether it's uh, problems in your marriage. You know, some people think it's just going to go away. You know, we we ask uh, that, uh, you know, for better, for worse. uh, In thick or thin. I think most of us have recognized the thick part of marriage, but not necessarily the thin parts of marriage. As we change in our, and things that are taking place in our lives, we recognize this, that there's a battle that's going on in our mind. There's a battle for the soul. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you develop an enemy. It's called your flesh. It's always been your enemy. But now as you're born again, you have the Spirit. And you've seen this on Wednesday night. And the battle is going on in your mind. And God is wanting to illuminate your mind. God wants us to be the light in the world. But the flesh is trying to to develop its enemies and tags uh, teams with a devil and the world and the philosophy of the world. And it pushes this darkness into our mind. And that darkness is gaining ownership of our mind. And I tell you what, it's creating such havoc in our soul. Recognize it. Now, this, what we're referring up here is a born-again believer. Someone who knows Jesus Christ as their Savior. You see, I'm not talking about a lost person. A lost person, all they have is darkness in their soul. There is no light in their soul. There's no life in their soul. When a man gets saved, he accepts Jesus Christ as his Savior. God gives him the Spirit to live inside of him and to claim that territory of the mind and and to wash and to regenerate the mind and renovate the mind. And you can't have the world's thinking to uh, live a Christian life. And by the way, uh, you all recognize after you get saved, your philosophy and your concepts of living is so contrary to this world's thinking. Would you not agree? I mean, I look at the paper and I read the things that are going on and I'm shaking my head. They don't get it. They don't get it. Now, praise God, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you got a lot more going for you than, than maybe you recognize. But I'm going to tell you this morning, you can have a lot more going for you if you allow God to work in your mind and your heart. All right? Same here with me. All right. <clears throat> Let's go over these verses. For if we live after the flesh, what's going to happen? You're going to die. In other words, you let the flesh control you, you're going to die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify, put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now, in this passage here, I personally believe Paul is addressing Christians. By the way, we're going to get to the, these, this chapter in Wednesday nights on sanctification. I believe that what he's talking about is this battle as a born-again believer. You're dying in your soul. Not talking about going to hell or anything like that. But he's referring to the fact that you, 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 you're not getting it. There's, there's not this abundant life that God wants to give us. And so mortify the deeds. And I believe that in that idea of mortify, as we understand our position, those that have been here on Wednesday night, you are dead to sin. But the idea here to mortify is in the present tense, which means you've got to keep putting to death that flesh that keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. And you've got to say no to it. You can't say yes to the body's allurements. Then we go into Titus chapter 2, verse 12, teaching us, teaching us. 
that uh, denying, this word denying means to disregard, to refuse the offer. You know, the flesh says, come out, let's have some pleasure, let's have some, uh, some fun. Teaching us. In other words, this is not a natural tendency for us to deny our flesh. It's something that you have to grow into. You have to deny or disregard or uh, refuse the offer. You know what comes to my mind? When someone offers me a piece of cherry pie. And that's what comes to my mind. You know, are there times when we have to deny our flesh in our eating? You say, you know what, I'm going to ponder that one for a little bit. All right. And, and he says, and deny this ungodliness and deny the worldly. The word worldly means uh, belonging to this world, the philosophies of this world. We live soberly. Paul has given this instruction to a preacher living soberly. In other words, living temperate, living, living aware of what's going on. We need to be aware of, of this righteously and godly in this present world. There's going to be such an allurement in this world. Why does it surprise us that the devil and the flesh in this world is trying to pull us in the wrong directions? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers, pilgrims. Now, I want you to circle that word maybe in your Bibles or write it down. What does it say there? Next one. Abstain. Abstain. It doesn't mean you dabble with something. It means you abstain from it. From fleshly lust. Which what? War. That's what we showed you at the beginning of those, that chart up there, the blackness in the soul. It's war. The word war comes from the Greek word strategy. The flesh has a strategy and it's warring against your soul. The word soul comes from the, in the word, uh, Greek word psychic or psyche, psychology. Your thinking processes, what's going on in your emotions. People are struggling in their emotions because they're not abstaining. They're letting the fleshly lust come in and maybe they're just dabbling and they're maybe not as bad as someone else. He says to abstain. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5, mortify. Again, that word mortify there. Now, it, that, that word mortify is, is put to death. Aorist tense. Put it to death. Therefore, your members. Talking about the members. When, we, when it uses this word members, he's talking about body parts. He's talking about your eyes, your ears. He says, put to death. Uh, mortify, therefore, which are upon this earth. And he says... Fornication here, and that word fornication comes from the word pornea, uncleanness, inordinate affections. The word inordinate affections is passions, evil concupiscence, which is uh, 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 cravings. Have you ever noticed the flesh is never satisfied with one taste? It wants more. It's like Lay's potato chips. Covetousness, which is, which is idolatry. So if I want things that I should not have, God calls it idolatry. So I think most of us understand these things. So, but we don't recognize it to the severity because Satan comes along and says, Oh, you won't really die. You won't really have problems. I'm going to tell you something. Why so many people are on uh, psychological medicines and things like that today is because of the warfare that's going on in their soul by the flesh and the spirit, even in, in, in Christians. So we recognize these things, whether it's eating disorders or uh, uh, habits of life or addictions or thinking processes that are not right. So we repent of it. Aren't we glad that when you recognize something, we have a God who says... I will forgive you. Amen. 
First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, and by the way, the confession there is in the present tense, which means it's an ongoing action. You know, praise God. He didn't say just confess it once. He says, you know what? This can be an ongoing everyday occurrence in our lives to confess our sins. And he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can I hear a hearty amen to that? When you gain ownership of that, it is liberating to your soul because the devil, the accuser of the brethren, doesn't want us to live in the freedom and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I was reading this week in uh, Psalms 119 and and, uh, the psalmist. Oh, I tell you, let me just read Psalm 119. In verse 1 it says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from the time forth forever. Evermore, from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all the nations and His glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God? Who dwelleth on high? Then you get into verse 6. It says, Who humbled Himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth? He raised up the poor out of the dust and lifted the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him as princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh a barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother to children. Praise ye the Lord. We have a God who will raise us up and he will forgive us. We have a great God. Lamentations chapter 3 says, His mercy is anew every day. Repent of our sins. Then we get to this most important part, and I want you to get this. This is a part that's often missing in counseling techniques today or in where we are in our lives. Many of us, many of us here, my, my, I self included, we will recognize what's going on and we'll ask God to forgive us. But oftentimes we do not replace those things with the right stuff. This is very, very key. Replace the stinking thinking with biblical thinking. Very, very important. Remember the story of the man that swept his house and got all the demons out and everything, and he did not replace it with some good stuff. And what happened? Seven more demons came in. This principle is found out in, found out, is uh, uh, portrayed in Ephesians chapter 4, where it says that if you used to lie, replace lying with what? What do you think you should replace lying with? Truth. Amen. If you used to steal... Replace it with what? Giving. Isn't that something? If if you used to criticize people, replace it with praise. Isn't that something? Just the opposite. Just the opposite. All right? And by the way, uh, many of the uh, habits and struggles that we go through is a love for the flesh, a love for yourself. And so when you think about that, you replace it with a love for God And a love for others. All right. So if you are battling with your thinking processes, let's just go into this a little bit. True statements. This I say then. Walk in the spirit. Remember that two sides. Walk in the spirit and you will what? You will not fulfill The lust of the flesh. The word walk there is in the present tense. It's ongoing action and you will not fulfill. That is actually in the aorist tense. So if you're walking and you're consumed and you're in the spirit, then he says there will not be the activity of the flesh. I like that. Is that a promise? That's a command and a promise all together. By the way, most promises in the scriptures usually have some type of command associated with it. So when we talk about walking in the spirit, maybe we should uh, maybe do a a study on what is walking in the spirit. I'm going to give you some aspects of walking in the spirit. But bottom line, bottom line, walking in the spirit is being controlled by the spirit. It is actually allowing the spirit strength to work through you, who you are. 
understanding your position in Christ. Uh, it is an ongoing aspect. It is available to those who are born again. This is a command of the Scriptures. When you got saved, you got all the Spirit. I uh, told uh, Rose this morning, she gave me a book by uh, Chuck Swindoll. On, uh, and I forget what the title of the book was, uh, Rose. Do you remember what the title of that book was? Is a the fire of the spirit or something like that. And I got to read the entire book this week. And it was quite fascinating and everything and talking about that. Yes, we need to understand that the spirit is in us. We're never going to get more of the spirit. We're not going to get more of the spirit. I mean, we have all things that pertain to godliness, but let the spirit have more of us and let him energize us. Let him empower us in walking as what we've been trying to deal with on Wednesday nights. So there it says, uh, lay aside the the sins and and walk in the spirit. Uh, Whoops. Let's go back uh, here. Whoops. One more pack there. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make No provisions. When it says make no provisions, does he does he does he mean what he says? Make not provision for the flesh. The word provision there is forethought. By the way, the things of this world will come looking for you. So make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And there, uh, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside. Take off these garments, the sins which does so easily beset us, and run with patience the race that is set before us. You, you, get, this, you get this picture of this, this guy shedding his, his outer coats and shedding his sweats and shedding those external things, and he's going to run. He's not going to pick it up and put it on in the race that he has. He's going to run for the Lord Jesus Christ. And there he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endures the cross. Looking unto Jesus is the way that we ought to be running. Can I just say this? And I've said it time and time again. There is a weakness... In looking at your struggles and focusing on the don'ts of life. There is a strength in focusing on the do's of life. And keeping your eyes focused on Jesus Christ. And running to Him. And growing your faith. And, and, uh, but what happens is so often people get so worried about their struggles. That even in their worry about their struggles. They become entangled in their struggles. Will you ponder that a little bit? That might be a little bit deeper to think about than just running over that. Would you not agree? I ponder that though. For consider Him. Put our eyes on him who endured such contradiction as sinners. You see, Jesus Christ did not focus on uh, the fact that we were just sinners. He focused on the fact that he wanted to save us. And he died on the cross to rescue us. Lest we become weary and faint in our minds, we need to realize the strength of our Savior. And so we've talked about this on Wednesday night. We are talking about replacing. You see how the light is growing in our lives. And, and, and again, as, and I don't want to just keep rehashing what we're talking about on Wednesday night, but I don't think the average Christian understands the power of God's Word. They just get into it as if uh, it's something I have to do. And listen, when you read God's Word as something that you just have to do, it can actually... Weaken you. Weaken you. Well, I got to have my prayers. So you, you go into it and you go and have your prayers and you think that you're going to be strong through the day because you've read your Bible and had your prayers. And it can actually create a weakness because now you're trusting in what you did rather than in trusting in the Lord. It's not about what we do. It's about Him who enables us. But I do believe, and I am a firm believer, that the Bible is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our soul. And as I get into it, and I'm looking for that light to give me guidance in my life. 
it becomes a strength. Having a passion. Can I say replacing the passion of the flesh for a passion for God? Praise. Oh, you know, uh, I don't want to be trite in my praise. Can I just say this? When we sing in church, the Bible says, What shall you do? Do it heartily as unto the Lord. Let's have a passion. That's why church is so anemic today, is because the average Christian doesn't have a passion for God. But I'm going to tell you something. Praise is powerful. It is powerful. A verse that my wife and I are learning this year is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In all things give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And then verse 19 says, And quench not the Spirit. And I realize that if I don't rejoice, if I don't pray, if I don't give thanks in all things, then I quench the Spirit. And that quenching of the Spirit is like throwing water on a fire. God inhabits the praise of His people. Folks, we got to get this. It's not the preacher just saying, oh, we better read our Bible, we better pray, and we better praise. No. It's powerful. It's dynamite. Help from above. I'm going to tell you something. Praise God for help from above. Because in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. And when I talk about help from above, I also talk about the angelic beings that God gives to us to help us along in our journey too. Because guess what's on the dark side? It's the demonic forces that's in this world. And it's trying to push this light out of your soul. Now, which would you rather be? Would you rather have this light in your soul? Or would you rather have this darkness in your soul? I'm going to tell you something. It's well worth getting these concepts. It's replacing the darkness. You know what? We've put so much darkness and there's so much that we've gotten so used to putting into our soul that we don't realize the darkness because we've come accustomed to it. Just like your eyes will adjust to darkness so you and I can miss out on the light because we're so used to the darkness. But I'm going to tell you something. It's motivational, Brother Jay. It's motivational to start sensing the light in your soul and letting that light just bring more light. It's exciting. Oh, we put the church in there too, by the way. Because the Bible says the church is a part of helping us. And you know what? I believe that coming to church is important. When I think about what we're, what the Westside Baptist Church is to be excellent in the Word of God. Because I believe the Word of God will set people free if they'll come to gain ownership of it. And the very Sunday that you and I might miss might be that Sunday that there's a nugget out there. God wants to give to us. The battle to keep us home from church. But they that are after the flesh, what do they mind? The minds, their mind is on the things of the flesh. And they uh, that are after the Spirit, they're going to mind the things of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 10.5 Casting down. Casting down. That means throw it away. Throw it away, casting down, pull it down. It's in the present tense. These imaginations, the word imaginations is computations. It's the calculations. It's what you're musing on. It's what you're thinking on. Oftentimes, many people do not recognize what they're thinking on. But he says, you throw away those computations and every high thing. A high thing is something that stands above the rest. Uh, it was this morning, I think David Jeremiah, my wife was telling me, said that the reason why uh, churches put steeples on their churches was to point to God. And in communities of the past, the steeple was always the highest structure in the community. I was driving by our steeple last night. I saw it lit and everything. I said, praise God. But then I noticed the yard light 
for the railroad station was higher than our steeple. (laughs) You bring down those things that are standing out there. They're going to be, they should be recognized. That exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. My friends, we need to be tracking our thinking and make sure that our thinking is the right kind of thinking. Two objects cannot occupy the same space at the same time. That's a law of physics. So guess what? Guess what? If I'm rejoicing always and I'm praying without ceasing and if I'm giving thanks in all things, guess what I'm not thinking about? Stinking thinking. And I have discovered, my friends, there is such a truth there. Because your mind will start going into discouragements and things like that. I'm going to tell you this. Almost every day I wake up or go through the day and there's some stinking thinking that comes in. And the sooner I recognize it, the better I can throw it away. It's an ongoing battle. Ongoing battle. But I'm going to tell you something. You start praising the Lord and you'll see what praise will do. God talks about it over, enter to His gates with thanksgiving, to His courts with praise. Be thankful. Oh, my, 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 my. Change your environment. Cast these things away. By the way, let me just say this. And, and I brought up this principle uh, earlier. When it says abstain, it means to get rid of it, right? Not even participate at all. Interesting, the passage that we read here in Matthew, he says to take your right eye and to cut it out. Or take your hand and cut it off. Can I say that what Jesus Christ is bringing, because he's using, he's using physical truths or truths out there to help us to understand spiritual truths. And the idea that if you're going to get rid of pornography, you don't wean yourself off of it. You cut it out. You see what I'm saying? And, and they have found this with other addictions and everything. It's better just to, it's just to cut it out and go through the cold turkeys and the difficulties and things like this and, and, and all. Cut it out. Cast it away. Get rid of it. Throw it away as a garment and make no provisions. Uh, you might have to set your, your, your house up for success by the internets or, or accountability groups. And I think the greatest accountability is your wife. Men, it can be a pastor, it can be somebody else if you're not married or things like that. But you need to have accountabilities. If you're struggling with something, you find someone who will be your prayer partner or an accountability partner. There's a, a, a thing called Covenant Eyes, which you can put on your computer that will examine what uh, you are looking at and send it to somebody that's an accountability partner and can help on those things. But I'm going to tell you something, you've got to cut it off. Cut it off and cast it. Away and replace it with the right kind of thinking. Brethren, things are true, honest, virtuous, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what? That's a good test right there. Is it real? Let me ask you. Folks, is Paul, under the inspiration of God, giving us a suggestion? The strength of this, so powerful. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, one of the greatest decisions that I've made in the last two years was to start memorizing the Scriptures again. And I'll tell you what, it is so thrilling. You know, people recognize that they have a problem, but they don't recognize how serious that problem is, and therefore the problem takes them further than they would ever thought that they could go. I know people, I have family members that are in prison because they didn't recognize the problem. And they didn't repent 
and they didn't replace. Can I say how important it is? Do we want to see another person at Westside Baptist Church go to prison? I'm telling you, we have to take this stuff seriously. For some reason, casual Christianity has come in. Charles Stanley has written a book called Casual Christianity. Brother Van Hooser, it's destroying our churches. Or else, oh, hey, listen, resist. <laughs> Just because we make a decision, does it mean the problem goes away? I've tried to bring out the tenses of the Greek word, which when it talks about in the present, it means you're going to count every day, every day, every day. Does it ever go away? Yes or no? Not until you die. And then we shed this flesh. And Brother Turner, boy, he brought out an excellent lesson this morning about getting a resurrected body. Praise God for that. So, resist. 1 Corinthians 9.27 But I keep my body and bring it into subjection. I'm going to beat my body black and blue and I'm going to treat it as a slave. It's not my friend. It is my enemy. I'm not going to pamper my body lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Unworthy. Worthless. Can I just say this, folks? Understand the flesh wants to control you so that the Spirit doesn't because the flesh knows that if the Spirit controls, He's lost. And if God controls you, He's won. And there's souls that need to be saved. There's things that need to be done. There's ministries that need to be accomplished. But many people are dabbling with their flesh and they're not being a productive Christian. Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but guess what? The flesh is weak. How many understand the flesh is weak? <laughs> uh -huh. Or else you will relapse. Now, I used to say uh, recycle, but I'm going to use the word relapse this morning. Relapse means you go back into it. You go back into it. I, uh, I personally believe... That it is a love problem. It is a passion problem. We have more passion for our flesh. And let me tell you something. It happens every day, all day long. Last night, last night I got a phone call. Barbie Ellis called me up and she said, Donna uh, Sanders is in the hospital. Or no, Donna Sanders is at home. She's ruptured her back. And Barbie so wisely told Donna, call EMS, because Donna lives way out in the boonies. And in, in, in all of my mind that's going through this, now, can I be just honest with you? In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my. Now, as her pastor, I love Donna very much, and she's a godly woman. And I'm thinking, how can we help? How can we help? So I called Josh because Josh lives out there by her. I said, Josh, will you go and check out? And he's eating pizza on Colbert Road. <laughs> so we kept calling, kept calling because we don't know whether EMS is going to get there. And we couldn't get through Carolyn. And all of a sudden we're getting worried. Where is, is Donna? Okay, she laying on the floor. Is she able to get to the hospital? And finally EMS answered. I said, oh, thank you for answering. And she said, we're there. We're transporting to the hospital. I says, praise the Lord. Donna and Arlen have no children. The only family they have is Westside Baptist Church. And a battle started going into my mind. Let me tell you what the battle was. I'm in my pajamas. I'm unwinding. I'm relaxing. And the flesh says, you don't want to go down to the hospital, do you? And my response was, you're right. I don't want to go down. And on the other shoulder was, but she's all by herself, apart from the Lord being with her. But you're in your pajamas. You've already put in 60 hours this week. You need to relax and enjoy life. But she's all by herself 
if you were there, what would you want done? So guess which one I listened to. (laughs) Come back next week and we'll tell you. I don't want you to think your pastor's any more spiritual than anybody else here. He has just as many battles going on in his mind. And those are the kinds of battles that go on. And what are we going to listen to? Oftentimes we know what's right to do, but we do not follow it. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the soul of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hands of the wicked. One thing that I desire of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire uh, in his temple. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides thee. You see, it's a love problem. We love ourselves more than we love God and we love others. I'll be the first to admit it. Can my love for Jesus Christ grow? Absolutely. Absolutely. May God help us. Father, I pray that as we conclude our service, help us to recognize, help us to repent, help us to replace Help us to resist. And Lord, help us not to relapse. Because our love for you is growing stronger and stronger. Daily, it doesn't cease to amaze me of how much you love us. But daily, it amazes me how I recognize the little love that is in my own heart. Lord, help us to recognize it and grow that love. Lord, it will, it will help us in our lives of walking and talking and getting exciting and having pa- This world does not need to see casual Christianity. This world needs to see souls on fire for Thee in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's make some decisions this morning, shall we?